My name is Mark Solomon, and this is Never Was. was a composer. I mean, you got to be a musician, right? Don't you have to, isn't that kind of step one? I've said it before, I'm, I'm nothing of the sort. Despite whatever pictures you may or may not have seen on the internet lately. And speaking of those pictures, you know, the staves acre in the studio ones. More on those in just a few minutes. So yeah, composer. Composer equals musician. Obvious. How could you write a song without actually being able to play one? It's impossible, to my mind. Impossible. What a shock. Maybe not. In an article for the UK-based web magazine, The Independent, correspondent Arifa Akbar wrote this in an article about composer Edward Elger, titled, Great Composer. Shame he couldn't play. The article states, He is one of the world's most eminent composers, who cemented his reputation at the vanguard of the English Romantic movement with compositions such as The Enigma Variations and Pomp and Circumstance Marches. That's right, folks. If you've been to a wedding, you probably have heard this guy's stuff. But Edward Elger was also a terrible trombone player. It has now transpired, even though he wrote the most beautiful melodies uh, for the instrument in his compositions, his skills were so poor that when the composer from Worcester started playing a specially inscribed trombone for a dear friend, she ran out of the room in a fit of hysterical laughter, leaving the composer swearing in frustration. I think that is amazing. (laughs) Okay, even further, over at Quora.com. A poster by the name of Shan Cawthry, self-proclaimed almost composer, punk fan, and all-around snob. I I think I know this person. (laughs) He's like seven people I know. Says about composer Arnold Schoenberg. Schoenberg had no proficiency in any instrument at all, and really hardly even bothered to try. As Glenn Gould noted, this is especially evident in comparing his works for piano to those of his student, Albenberg. Schoenberg's piano works were awkward, unidiomatic, and featured a lot of parts that were difficult simply because Schoenberg, at least initially, didn't really understand how to write for piano. On the other hand, Berg's Piano Sonata Op 1, written by one of Schoenberg's students, again, Alvin Berg, is idiomatic and the hands always fit together perfectly. I mean, Schoenberg is credited with creating new methods of musical composition. He couldn't play anything, but he created new ways of doing it. Uh, Let's see, involving atonality, namely serialism, and the 12-tone row, whatever that is. By the way, the chaotic piece you're hearing in the background right now is considered one of the first pieces of modern classical music. And according to kidsmusiccorner.uk, where I get all my hot classical music takes, this piece was so different from anything anyone had heard at that point that people were shocked by it. Imagine that, Schoenberg, the first punk rocker. Also, couldn't play. (laughs) Couldn't play. So, maybe the composer who can't play isn't a fairy tale, but it is for me. I mean, without the guys from the bands I've played in, I'm basically Bjork on Medulla, but 
not Bjork at all. Just like a guy yelling, talking, like I'm doing right now. Does this sound like music to you? No, it doesn't. There you go. Okay. My guest today, and it looks like next week as well, since we just started talking and sort of kept talking, is Mr. Randy Torres, husband, dog lover, guitarist, Bass Pro Shops fan, composer, artist. Yeah, he's all those things. But most of you probably know him as the original guitarist for the band Project 86. I've known Randy since a long time. We'll get into that. This week, we're going to cover the early Project 86 years. The next week, we'll cover the latter ones and what came after Randy left the band, which, as it turns out, is quite a lot. Hey, yet another artist who didn't cease to exist after his initial rock and roll vision ended. Who knew? But first. about American Dance Party's sweatshop-free clothes. Found at AmericanDanceParty.com. Still, go there. I'll wait. You know about Bump Galetta's custom pen and ink illustrations. Found at where? BumpGaletta.com. Again, jump on over there. And please, go peruse the sites, get you something cool. Of course, in the future, you're going to hear about some other awesome things from other awesome people. But in the meantime, and before I forget, I'd like to put this word out on the street. It's true. Staves Acre. Yep, it's true. Staves Acre spent some time in the studio this week. No lie. What is that all about? What could it possibly mean? Well, at this point, all I'm saying is certain wheels have been put in motion. Will they amount to anything but wheels spinning? <laughs> I truly have no idea. <laughs> Remember the old adage, nothing ever happens. We'll see what we can do about that. Tell you what, you keep your eyes on the Staves Acre Facebook page over the next few weeks, okay? Do that for me. I mean, it's not going to do anything crazy. It's still just a Facebook page. But, you know, yeah. Stop by there and take a gander here and there. Just, you know. Casual. All I'm telling you is yes. Yes. But wait, this just in. Stavesaker wasn't the only busy group of bees this weekend. Wait, what? What is this madness? Well, stick around to the end of today's show and I'll drop a little riddle. We'll see what you can't figure out, Mr. and Mrs. Smartapansis. All right, let's get to it. Where's Randy? What are you doing now? What's going on with you? Um... Doing the same stuff, I guess, like doing uh, film and TV okay. stuff, like music for film and TV. So writing a lot, demoing for commercials and film trailers, and then a lot of TV shows use music temporary 
and then they realize that it's too expensive. Okay. So they call upon the company they work for to write music that is similar. Or So you're basically like an on-the-fly music library or something like that. Kind of. Um, and then I engineer for them. I mix for them, tune vocals, play guitar, kind of everything that I know how to do. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. That's cool. All those, all those years of of actually doing stuff in the studio instead of playing video games seems to have paid off for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mostly just still play video games. <laughs> well, I still play video games, but yes. I mean, it's really, it's all I know how to do. So what sure. else am I going to do? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm surprised that you can do it because <laughs> I, as far as I knew, you were the, you were just along for the ride. You were the, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to start already. I'm not going to start already. <laughs> <laughs> but I might. Oh man, I'm excited. <laughs> oh, are you? Good. Good. Let's uh, let's have yeah. us a let's have us a frank and candid discussion. Okay. Randy. Okay. I do. I mean, honestly, between yourself and Steve, yeah, uh, Dave Steele, as I like to call him, still <laughs> call him. Steele. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just can't believe that you guys still have a career after after the Project Eighty Six is over. Yeah. I mean, how did that? I mean, it's how's that possible? It's like I said, I don't, I don't know how to do anything else, so I have to, I have to figure it out. There's anything else? Yeah, but I mean, I could work in like retail or what I'm getting I, at is, <laughs> I mean, my understanding <laughs> was that you know, ah, there's no way I can do this without being a dick, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I always knew. I always knew you and Steve were uh, writing the jams, man. I mean, yeah, you know, what's funny is there was a good amount of time when the band started that it was it was almost mostly Steve. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really start writing. I didn't really learn or like get comfortable writing until after I think it was Drawing Black Lines. Because mm-hmm. that was kind of the motivation. We're like, well, I better like get my shit together and start writing music. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, for sure. I mean, but yeah, after that, it was great. Cause I would write something, he would write something. We would write together sometimes. Um, when did, I would say, I remember, you know, when we first started playing with you guys, the, the style was maybe not as, as think- fleshed out as it later became to my memory. I mean, Whenever all of us heard, and all of us meaning Stavesacre guys primarily, when we yeah. heard like Stein's theme and stuff like that, it, it was it was known like, no, these dudes are totally. This is this band is going to be rather large. <laughs> I find it. I don't know if we were you know, large. <laughs> we just knew. We just knew. It but was that's funny. it was a no brainer. <laughs> I mean, how many bands have we seen, Randy, where the band starts off and you know maybe they they have all the attention or whatever, but they don't really do a whole lot, you know? Sure. And sure. I mean, when, when all of us started playing, I'm sure that that was expected of both of our bands. And then, you know, the hilarious thing to think about are, was the days of you guys opening for Stavesacre. <laughs> when, Man, that uh, was a long time ago. Yes, it was. <laughs> and it, it was a very brief window of time. Oh, you know? please. Hey dude. There was, th- yeah, it's, it's legit, I mean, man. 
you guys. I just remember how hard we all worked, how insanely hard we all worked. Man, it was crazy. <laughs> why? Like, why? <laughs> I don't really know. I don't know why Stavesaker worked that hard. Gus, we we maybe we could have worked harder. I don't know. I don't know. There was yeah. Some things are going to happen, and some things are not. But now, granted, I uh, feel like there are bands that have worked harder than we did. But when I look back at it, it was, it's just insane how much, how much we did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think back to, there was a festival that we played and Ryan and I talked about it, I think briefly uh, when he was on the show and Ryan Denny, I, I Ryan Clark, um, oh, Ryan Clark, your fellow okay. knives. Oh yes. Yes. Um, I'm familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you've heard of him. So, mm-hmm. Cause I guess his band played one of those shows, the uh, focal point before, you know, this is before uh, training for utopia, as, I, as yeah. I recall. And then, you know, it was of some weird festival out in like the, the North, you know, Pacific Northwest, but really more sure. like Northern California, but it wasn't like spirit West coast. It was just some poorly attended show out in the middle of nowhere uh, on the back of some trailers and I'm trying to, I was trying to get, do you remember us playing a show with the Reverend Horton Heat? Does that, does that ring a bell at all? Wow. Uh, was this in the Pacific Northwest? Yeah. Well, it was in California. Oh, it okay. Was, it was at some outdoor festival. I'm almost positive that it was our two bands and, and then someone else and then the Reverend Horton Heat. And I remember thinking like, man, wow, this guy really hates our guts a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. was my that was my f- oh man maybe i don't i don't remember I'm not a great i pairing. remember that we i feel like that we were supposed to play some festival together and we ended up showing we showed up i think there was like maybe 10 people there mm-hmm. and we're and we just we didn't even get out of the van we all <laughs> just got right back into the vans and we went yeah. to the next show. I feel like we should have done that a few more times than we really <laughs> did. <laughs> you know, oh no, man, the kids that are here, we got to play for them. And it's just like, you can see them out in the crowd going like, dude, I don't blame you, man. You guys should go back to your hotel or something or just keep trying. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the, the time that we were, I don't know where we were touring together. And I think we were in Northern California. We ended up getting caught in a snowstorm. Do you remember this? Uh, yeah, that was actually, it was coming out of Oregon. Mm-hmm. Like on the border. On the border of Oregon. And we were like yeah. driving through the snow. We got like trailers all over the place. Yeah, snow chains on the, on the car and no. the snow chains are just tearing the hell out of the, the wheel wells of the, of the van. And then stopping at a, we stopped a at hotel. A, a hotel. That didn't out there. have heaters. Yeah. And they, they totally knew the MXPX guys. They're like, uh-huh. oh yeah, we know MXPX. Who are you guys? Oh uh, yeah. Stage yeah. Acre, Project 86. Never heard. Oh, never yeah. Heard. No, I, don't, I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Can we still stay here? Or, you know. Yeah. I'll never forget that. Because I remember we were stuck for a couple days, I think. Yes. Or maybe oh, yeah. like a day and a half. There was, we were hung up for a minute because nobody was going to drive after that, that one right. hair raising night. You know, it was, it was pretty scary. <laughs> was that the same, that might've been a different time where, you guys broke your trailer and you had to leave your trailer somewhere and you had to drive after the tour mm. to go pick up the trailer. Well, 
that <laughs> that process in, was in. was a very drawn out one because we ended up our trailer didn't break down our van broke down in in Silverthorn, right. Colorado, which is That's like right. the top of the mountains, you know. <laughs> and the, the the van broke down. Uh, like I was asleep, and I remember everyone. You know how you know when the van's slowing down suddenly, even if you're asleep, it's just like, this is not good. Something's bad. Something bad is happening. (laughs) And like, I woke up like, what's going on? And they're all, Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. It just made a big noise. (laughs) And we pull the van over (laughs) on the side of the freeway, get out. And there's just like this, it's up going up a hill. And you look down the hill behind us where we've just come. And it's just this long stream of oil. Uh. Just... Yeah. slicking on down the side and yeah. throwing a rod. And we got the van and trailer towed to a, a dealership up there and basically rode home with one of the other bands or something. I don't know. Ended up that trailer ended up being and van ended up being in the shop there for over a year. Holy smokes. Yeah. So that's why we were always trying to hustle different transportation during that span of time. And then eventually Man, you know, the van got fixed and I had to fly up to Colorado, uh, go pick up the van and the trailer, which had been parked in these guys parking lot for a year. And it was right. It was like in the asphalt or something oh, like the, it was freezing cold and like snow everywhere. Right. And I get Best out there ever. and the, the post for the trailer is yes, was, buried in like four yeah. inches of asphalt. Yeah. Uh, and so when I went back and asked for help, like, hey. Do you guys think you can help me get this thing out? A dude just handed me a hacksaw. (laughs) Yeah, dude, get that thing out of here. Oh, man. Oh, whatever. Why? What is wrong with us? Why would we do that? I don't know, man. So that we can eventually one day, uh, you know. Talk about it. Talk about it and and reminisce. (laughs) I think we're supposed to be much older, though, and sitting on a park bench, you know, talking about these damn kids or whatever. Project 86, obviously. Sure. 
Okay. And I can see the smile on your face. So <laughs> I'm assuming that that's a green, that's a green light to really do it, talk man. about Project yeah. 86. Let's go. <laughs> I'll see. I, I don't often talk about it. So that's why I'm, you know, okay. excited. I'm just a little nervous because I don't want to. Sure. I don't want anybody to be hurt, but I also. We'll just do what we do. And then hopefully yeah. your, your editing skills will take out. <laughs> I don't do a are... lot of editing though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. How did, how did Project 86 even begin? Because when, when, when I had met you guys, you had already been fully, it was a band. You guys yeah. were going, you know, you're all living down in that kind of Orange County area as far as I knew. Yeah. Did you guys meet through that? What was that church called that you guys? Mission used? Hills Church. Did you guys all meet through there? Yep. Mm-hmm. So I met Schwab and Steve through Mission Hills Church. Okay. And I had already been friends with Steve because we, we actually went to the same junior high together. Okay. Um, and I just started going to Mission Hills and that's when I met Schwab. And this was probably around the same time that Stavesacre just started playing. Okay. Because I, I, I'll never forget Jason Carson was so excited to talk about this new super band <laughs> called Stavesacre. <laughs> the new super band. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll yeah. never forget it, actually. I vividly remember this. And he um, was so pumped. He played the whole record for us because I was in a small group. Mm-hmm. It was me and Steve, a couple other dudes. And um, we sat there. We listened to the Stavesacre record. Threshold. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. That, that, Chewing that gum song. and singing. Mm-hmm. With the jacket, the blue jacket. Blue jacket, gray <laughs> creepers. Why? Inexplicably yeah. gray creepers. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was like, I need to be in a band. This looks like a lot of fun and I need to do this. So <laughs> Schwab and I, I think we're, we were on a trip. I think we were on a snowboarding trip. Okay. And um, we became friends and I was playing guitar. He's like, hey, uh, you play guitar. I like, yes, I do. He's like, you want to be in a band? <laughs> I was like, sure. <laughs> Nice. And that was it. And we, we actually, it was Schwab, me, Ethan Luck, and uh, Matt Hernandez, who well, at the time was known as Bean. Bean. Yeah. Yes. And we the, initially just covered other songs together. Okay. Steve Zicker being included. Nice. No joke. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and we would just, we would just play. And uh, uh, Matt Hernandez got over it. He was, he was in Unashamed at the time, I think. He wasn't into it. And then Ethan, he was playing drums at the, in the beginning, and then he moved to play, he played, started playing bass. And that's when we brought in Alex, which I don't know who initially knew Alex. I think Schwab did, maybe. And then, so it was me, Ethan, me playing guitar, Ethan playing bass, Schwab singing, and then Alex playing drums. And that was, it was that lineup for, I would say, about a year. Okay. Well, maybe a little less than a year. And we ended up playing Tom Fest. That was our first show out of California. Oh, wow. But what a great I'm festival. pretty sure. Yeah. Love awesome. It. it was super fun. Um, it was that way for about a year. And then Ethan wa- and then Ethan quit. He wanted to play for the Dingies. Okay. Yeah, the Dingies. Yeah. I do. And we uh, got Steve, who Alex had previously played with in the band Inner Means. Oh, okay. Okay. Who I'd already knew, like I said, from junior high. And that was the lineup for years and years and years yeah. and years um years and years that was that i remember i i feel like part of the reason why we got signed in the first place was dirk who at first he said he wanted to try to start a label he was going to start a label oh uh, you know uh dirk <laughs> and actually dirk and tim mann were going to start a label mm-hmm. for a minute 
and I believe that it was going to be called Gun Show. Uh huh. That's it. <laughs> yeah, because wow. they got that yeah. name from my my buddy Paul Crookshank. He always wanted to mm-hmm. start a label called Gun Show. Yep. Uh, wow. So that obviously didn't happen, and he he was the one who introduced us to Brandon. Okay. And then the rest was history. So yeah, um, that's how we got started, I guess. You know, the early days, look, I, I mean, I've gotten, I've gotten <laughs> all of it. So I'm not trying to, I'm not going to let you off too easy here, dude. No, I mean, in the fine. early days it was, you know, oh yeah, here's the Christian Rage Against the Machine, right? I mean, that's sure. That's yeah, what everybody said. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. for us, you know, oh, the Christian tool, you know, they're trying to be tool. They're trying to be Rage Against the Machine. It's never they are as good as, or have, you know, <laughs> it's right, never that right. it's, they're trying to be yeah. this or that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I mean, I felt like it was a big influence. So it's not anything I'm trying to like yeah. deny. <laughs> I mean, shoot, man, we, we proudly have claimed our influences or whatever, but I think both of our bands over the course of a couple records, you know, you find out who you are and what you want to do and, yeah. What's natural, you know, and that's sure. when your real sound is developed. Yeah. That's I'm, how I, I would assume that's how most bands start. Yeah. It's just it's that, the music know. they like and then they do it and then yeah. <laughs> hopefully it evolves from that. But yeah. Like heaven forbid uh, that you have an influence of someone that is your peer group, I guess. But sure. I mean, I think the only safe influence is like the Beatles and Zeppelin or something. And then you, you have to completely <laughs> rewrite falls it from there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. you know, initially the band comes out, you know, Shoab has an afro. The there's uh <laughs> So you fast forward too far though. Oh, I did? Cuz the, the yeah. afro wasn't immediate? No. Oh. For a long time it was shaved head, basketball jerseys, like I had huge pants, my hat like down low. Right, right. You, you remember? Oh, yes. Alex had huge pants. We even it's funny cuz this was not Steve at all. Like Steve wearing big pants, That's Steve really wearing not a hat. His thing. <laughs> it's not his thing. He just kind of just went with it, and he's just like, "Okay, all right." <laughs> so, guys, so not him. You guys gonna do it? I get, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, I think and that it was it was that era for a while. You know, it's 
which segues into a good story of playing with Godiuk. Okay. There was a tour that we did with them during this era of time where as a joke, they took all of our clothes, mostly Schwab's and dressed up like us and went out when we were supposed to play. And they just, they just jammed a heavy song and all the kids thought it was us. Oh man. We, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Um, it was a really, they're it was freaking, a good time. Yeah. And they're yeah. geniuses. That band is one of the yeah. funniest groups of people ever. I, oh, yeah. my band mm-hmm. loved playing with them, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, I mean, I had Jamie on the show. Uh, uh, Billy had, had, um, Joel, Joel on the show and like mm-hmm. Joel's episodes. I mean, Jamie's in my, I think it was, you know, it was kind of medium, you know, we, there was some fun that we had, but then there was also a little more, you know, serious stuff, but man, sure. You know, knowing them and knowing their persona and then to hear Joel's interview with Bill, especially the end. I mean, that thing blew my mind. I don't know if you've heard. Oh, it. I got to hear that. It's I hear really that. good, man. Okay. But you and know, that's the urban achiever. Uh, yeah. Bill and Powers? It, and okay. it kind of okay. came, it just kind of came out of nowhere because, you know, the perception is even as, as a band who toured with, with Goaty Hook a million times, you know, they're always joking around or whatever. I wasn't, wasn't ready for all yeah. this like heavy, legit, like, whoa. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, you guys got skewered by Goaty Hook. I'm trying to figure out, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there was always so many pranks going on. In those oh, yeah. days, that was the way more fun than later. For sure. I mean, I, I, uh, I remember we were on tour with Goaty Hook and we ended up, I think, f- like throwing, somebody gave us a pie. Oh, we yeah. ended up throwing pies at each oh, other, yeah. like a apple pie on the top of the trailer, the, like the pies, fireworks. You know who started all that for us was MXPX because they yeah, were, yeah, they yeah. were notorious for like, tossing things at your window as they drove right. past you on the freeway. Right. Uh, we went, you know, cause Dave Zaker were all so old at 25 and 26 <laughs> years old. <laughs> but, uh, we came out to our trailer one morning and one band had put like a bunch of depends diapers oh, yeah. all through our trailer. You know, that's a good one. That's pretty decent. I feel like, like kind of low. Like the best fruit. one is when you low, when you leave like a dead fish under somebody's chair oh, yeah. or, we got Roadside Monument really, really good. I think they might have been the Depends. Mm-hmm. The Depends. Uh, That's easy, though. Yeah. You just throw that away. What's the big deal? Yeah. Oh, no. There's diapers yeah. in here. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, they're in my size. Whatever. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, if you're on a long drive. <clears throat> yeah. We we took um, eggs and sardines, and we tucked sardines behind their mirrors, you know? <laughs> Yeah. So that it's like inside the thing. Yeah. And you can't find it. No. And so every no, time you yeah. roll the window down, yeah. the sun just cooking just that. We taped stink. We taped a couple eggs like inside the little vent in the roof of their van so that it would, you know, it would just be in there for who knows how long, just slowly <laughs> rotting. <laughs> I don't ever I never heard the end of that though. I wonder if that ever worked for us. Anyway. Probably not. It's probably still in there. Uh, best tour prank though, number one tour prank. We were on tour with Blindside and POD, and Blindside very last very last show. I forgot the name. Of, it was the Warriors tour. Okay, I think it was. And they um, very last show they hopped on the stage in between POD, like right before POD's uh, encore, mm-hmm. and they grabbed their instruments. They already uh, previously talked to their techs about this. 
grabbed their instruments, grabbed the mic, and played a song, played a blindside song, <laughs> like for POD's encore. It's <laughs> like, this is a really smart, like, yeah. prank. Yeah. But I thought I always thought that was the and best the, one. It's like a nice little, uh, oh, by the way, that song will be available on our yeah, new single. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> around about it about the eclipsing of the band but in all honesty it truly did happen and sure there's a competitive side of 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 a band that wants to try to make it or whatever but ultimately i mean i was always really stoked for you guys stoked for them stoked for pod to see bands kind of come up and then like take off man i mean sure what happened there in that transition do you think i think you wrote a pretty great record you know, um, with black lines and, and then, but there was also like a timing thing there, man, where it just all kind of worked at the same time. And you guys, what was, I mean, what was going through your head? Was that, were you, were you ready for that? Did you think it was coming anyway? I mean, um, not necessarily. It was just, it was just fun. It was, I was happy to be in a band Mm. and we, you know, we just got lucky that that era of time, uh, there was, you know, Ozfest and a lot of yeah. a lot of active rock bands, and um, everyone was just super into heavy rock. It wasn't. There was never a time like, oh man, like wow, we really, we really got there. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> that never happened. Oh, it never happened. That never in my mind that never happened. Like, oh, we really made it. Okay. Like I was just kind of. It's like you said, along for, <laughs> along for the ride. I, I don't know. <laughs> I thought you guys. I mean, hey man, you got a lot. You got a lot further than we did and then a lot of other bands did, you know? Yeah. You know, I respect it, man. I, I just remember the process. Like you said, that all the work that went into it. Like, do people know that that big coming out show at Cornerstone with mm-hmm. the Kabuki Theater and all that stuff? Oh, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it. people realized that <laughs> that was made by a human being, by your, you know, Joby. Did <laughs> Joby <laughs> design that whole deal? And, and did he, he make worked. it? worked. Yeah, he made the whole thing. He worked for, I would say, a week straight. And then when we got there, like he didn't get to finish until we left. We loaded it all into a trailer. We got there and then he worked day and night, like just 24 hours a day painting stuff. And he literally got done the second we started the show. Man. (laughs) Joby's insane. He's still one of my good friends. We see each other a lot like now that I'm here and... He's an amazing dude, but yeah, um, he's a yeah. very interesting. Also, Crash Rickshaw, right? I mean, that was mm-hmm, you guys mm-hmm. and him, was it not? Mm-hmm. Crash that is Rickshaw. true. Yeah, yeah. I, I just like what people didn't see of that was that what you just said, you know, Joby working around the clock to get the thing done right oh, before, man. you know, the lights dropped. But also we like, and we didn't pay him. <laughs> it was just being a friend, you know, like that's amazing. Hey, can you do this? Yeah, sure. Yeah. That'd be great. Like yeah, wow. doing it for the kick of it. And, yeah. but then 
you know, I rode to Cornerstone with you guys for that. Do That's you, right. You remember? And we were I totally remember in that, that van <laughs> sitting on top of half of that stuff that ended up on the set. That is right. Yeah. Yeah. Missed, missed. So, you know, it's funny about the whole Cornerstone era of our lives is, and I always remember it went on during 4th of July weekend and how many years that I missed just a normal 4th of July with my family yeah. because I was always at Cornerstone for yeah. probably eight years, nine years in a row, maybe. Yeah. It's very <laughs> strange. You find yourself at a family gathering for, for the 4th of July and think something's, hmm, why don't I, why off. haven't I been doing this? This is kind of great. <laughs> oh yeah. I wanted to go yeah, uh, to the pig farm and, uh, yeah, I always looked forward to it because I could I see all it. my friends. It was all like everyone coming together as one. Yeah, it was incredible. And there was, yeah. I mean, I've, I've sung that song a million times on the show. You know, that the going back to the hotel was my favorite part of Cornerstone. Yeah, the days in of Maycomb. Yep. Mm-hmm. That little, uh, <laughs> the pool out there and mm-hmm. everybody, you know, hanging out. There was a lot of time spent on a jungle gym, as I remember. It was like this yeah, weird. There's a, the jungle gym in the middle of that courtyard mm-hmm. where the grass was. Mm-hmm. Yep. But you know, it was for 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 my memory, that was probably the the peak. That was the best span of time for that whole thing. You know, we we went back there in two thousand nine. When was the last year that you guys played it? Oh man, I don't remember. Maybe two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah. I mean, we went back in two thousand nine, and it just was not. It was yeah, none of the, the things that that yeah. you remember, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is tragic, man. I mean, yeah, I, that's the death of something beautiful. It just doesn't never stay as it will never, you know, no, of course, just the way it goes. If something is that special, it never stays. That Everything way. dies, Randy. some records man i mean okay when's what was the last what was the last one you played on the uh for project 86 mm-hmm. so i quit in between i feel like it was songs no 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 oh geez right i quit between rival factions and um i don't even know the name of the record after that it had a red cover so we were writing in between that and then I was like, I'm over this and I quit. And then they recorded that other record, which I 
I have to apologize. I don't remember the name of it, but I had a red cover. Okay. But you didn't um, play on that record? I did not. Okay. I did not. I think Steve still resents me for leaving him. Leaving him. <laughs> <laughs> he was not happy. After that. <laughs> so why'd Which, you quit? In defense dude? of Schwab, in defense of Schwab, like Steve and I, I mean, we're best friends, and yeah, yeah, we that we were always that's a little clicky. So, um, I just was over it. Yeah, I did not want to do it anymore. It became. Playing music became unfun. Playing shows, okay. I hated it. I dreaded it. Um, it's just going through the motions. Um, yeah. It's just, I was like, what am I doing? I need to do something else. So so there wasn't a big blow up? You didn't? Uh... No. I just, yeah, I think there was a fight, a small fight that just escalated into me just saying, you know what? I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> so I think there might have been some bluffing on either side ah. and then finally I was just like you know what I'm done <laughs> but there wasn't it wasn't a big like you know throwing chairs through the window or ah, of fists being thrown but um, I just was over it yeah it's just d- done and I feel I feel bad because I left Steve but Steve's um, fine he, he, he's, he, I know he's good he turned out just fine <laughs> he's fine you know, and I also feel bad because I've been living here for a year and a half. I still have not seen Steve. That's not okay. You're in a lot of trouble <laughs> no. for that right now. Yeah, that is, it's awful. But I mean, we talk constantly. We yeah. text all the time. So well, he's down there with Martin trucking, yeah. trucking all over trucking. Southern California. Yep. He's got a couple kids. Yeah. Raising a, fa- raising a family. What was your um, favorite record to do? I mean, all the things uh, combined. And I'm still talking about Project 86. Obviously we'll yeah, definitely yeah. get sure. into the knives thing. That's fine. Here in a minute. I would say probably rival factions. Okay. Um, just because I think we kind of took a, not a drastic change, but we added a lot of elements that I have always been into, just like keyboards and loops and samples. And um, we were working with Ulrich Wilde at the time, and he kind of let Steve and I just go nuts. And yeah, we sort of kind of half engineered the record and, uh, we had Jason Gherkin play drums and um, who's an amazing drummer. And so was Alex uh, out of the band at this point? He had, yeah, he had left. Okay. Uh, between, in between songs to burn your bridges by. No, no, that's not true. I need to see like a, like a, <laughs> I need to see what records, what. Well, but let me just tell there you. There was, it, it, it became a little confusing because Alex left to kind of uh, take care of some things, get married do life things and then he kind of came back and then he left and then he came back. So we had a multitude of drummers in between when he could play and when he couldn't play. And um, so it's kind of hazy as when he left. Um, So Matt Hyde does Truthless Heroes. You've made the jump. Was Tooth and Nail still involved at that point? I think they just kind of handled marketing for the Christian market. Okay. But um, so they might've licensed it back to Tooth and Nail for just the Christian market. Yeah. But, we had a manager who, you know, maybe you don't know. No, you know, you knew Tim Cook. I knew Tim of course. Cook. I knew Tim of Cook course. before anybody knew Tim Cook. Yeah. <laughs> who had the genius idea of giving it, like feeding us these, turn your back on the Christian market. Like, you know, you guys, you, you'll make it in the mainstream, but you need to turn your back on the Christian market. Mm. Like, 
which is like the du- <laughs> it's like the dumbest uh, you know advice we have ever gotten. <laughs> we all like a lot of us had that same thought though. I don't think that just that was exclusive to Tim. <laughs> you know, right? Well, it it was it was definitely a a large part of us trying to you know break free and sure. be like a, this major label band that was like POD and um so it just came with the territory i guess of right. turning our back and we did we stopped playing those festivals and we we tried to do general market tours and it never worked out it was just yeah never worked out after that i t- uh, when i had ryan on the show he he, he talked about that you know just yeah. because demon hunter always just said yeah no we're just christian band yeah. It was never yeah. like no gray. No. Yeah. Yeah. And it turned yeah. out just fine for them. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. I think if you're good enough, who cares? Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think you need someone to show you that though. Like I think, or, right. or, or at least you need someone to show you that this, uh, this, this bridging that you're attempting is not going to work yeah. out how you want it no. to, uh-uh. you know? And there, you know, we're, we're musicians. We're all insecure and we want to be legitimate. And- <laughs> right. It's just a part of it. So. Especially because, <laughs> you know, you're not seeing, when you see POD make the jump and right. it works, mm-hmm. the yeah, assumption no and hope is, oh, okay. it's, it's what's going to work for everybody, you know? <laughs> Here we go. You know, but I don't even know that they ever really like aggressively turned their back on the Christian market. No. They just Mm-mm. put out a they pretty great to. record. And There's a weird, you know, um, thing about some artists some bands it's it's almost kind of cool to you know be outwardly or um outspoken about your faith mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. some bands it just doesn't work so they they were definitely pod was definitely one of those bands where it didn't matter yeah they were just people just respected them so man going in the studio with you guys during that truth is heroes thing yeah yeah that was should, should we talk about that song and should we talk about what that song is about? <laughs> we probably should. Sure. I think we should. I've already, I've, I've had many conversations with Brandon about it. With Brandon evil. Yes. So you still talk is about him. Yeah, I do. I do. Hmm. Fairly often. I can tell you that I, I don't remember consciously writing it about him. I, it is, it's about Brandon yeah. because of what it goes back to what I was saying. The whole Tim cook thing with him, just like feeding, just mm-hmm. get, getting us to, to turn on tooth and nail. And <laughs> it, well, part of it was because we were under contract with tooth and nail and we were trying to get signed properly on Atlantic records mm-hmm. and Brandon would not let, let us out of his, the contract, which is like, it's a contract. So it was part of it was to, to you know strong strong arm brandon hmm. um screw that guy and let's write a song about him so- and you've had this conversation <laughs> with him <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah. it's it's a good one it's a good one yeah well i think the reason why i don't remember what that song was written about randy is because mm-hmm. everything about the song itself overshadowed that for me in my head sure sure uh, that was uh I have to hear that song because it's been a while. We'll put it and on I the show. I almost forgot that you sang on it. Ugh, yeah. I'm a jerk. That's okay. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, look, this is what happened with that thing. I don't know that this is going to be on the show. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Um, Use your discretion. What I, the only thing I remember about that, and I can tell you like confidently and with no 
yeah. attempt at rewriting history. I sincerely do not remember that being about Brandon. I remember it being about anyone trying to feast off of your own hard work or whatever. Sure, sure, sure. And sure. I may have rewritten that in my head. Um, that could I, be true. I certainly never meant it about Brandon uh, any time that I can remember. So, mm-hmm. but whatever, you know. That, I mean, granted, there was... There's quite a few Project 86 songs that I don't know what they're about, and right. I could have them wrong. Yeah, some of them could be about me, which is probably another conversation. Ooh, but I want to know what those songs <laughs> are. <laughs> okay, so I mean, and again, I'm not saying that I didn't say, yeah, let's write that song about Brandon because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. went through my time where you know I thought Tooth and Nail was holding us back and wasn't trying to give us any love, and all they cared about sure. was ska bands. So I, yeah. I probably did think that, but. I think every band goes through that.
remember about that song was the conversation surrounding it and sure and the uh the business side of the song yeah yeah and it was told to me s- straight up hey we're going to pay you you know we'll pay you like a thousand bucks i think it was yeah you, but you didn't have any writers share well anything. they said you know because of the way the the royalties <laughs> were going to break out <laughs> Well, Andrew said, because of the way Schwab said, I'll just tell you, Schwab said, because of the way that the royalties shake out, we can't put you on as a writing credit because it would be impossible to pay you accurately or something like that. And I was like, and I honestly said, okay, I don't care. Yeah. What I didn't expect, (laughs) what I didn't expect was no credit whatsoever for writing like not yeah, just my an parts, entire verse, not just my and verse, the but the chorus as well. And like, I just thought like, wow, why, <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> oh man. Why did that oh, happen? Man. Why did that happen? I Randy? don't know. Uh, we, Steve and I, maybe not so much Steve, but we would avoid any sort of business with the band. Mm-hmm. And we were shielded <laughs> from that. And not that that's a proper excuse, but that's well, that. <laughs> I wasn't looking for anybody to come in and swoop in and save the day. I just, uh, that one's like, that began. Sure. Sort of a long, sad yeah. process. Okay. Yeah. You know, it, 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 luckily, gladly, maybe not luckily, we didn't really sell that many of that record, but man, <laughs> if it got huge and we sold a couple million of it, then that would have been really sad. But yes and no. I mean, I, I was aware that that was a possibility. And in fact, I was kind of hoping that it would because I thought it'd be a nice little way to get my band's name out there. But when sure. my name is nowhere in the credits yeah. at all, I'm like, I, you know what? I don't. Are you sure? <clears throat> oh, I'm positive. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I'm oh, given man. a guest vocal uh, credit, yeah. but uh, yeah. No writer credit. No, no. And it was like, no. dude, what did you think? I was going to like come back later and be like, dude, you right. see right here, it says that I did, yeah. but you owe me money. Like I was never, that's just, was not going to happen. Jeez. Anyway. So yeah, that was the beginning of a, the beginning of the assorted history there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, I get hit up all the time. Well, you know, you should have Schwab on the show. <laughs> and I just, Whew. yeah, I don't know you that should. that's. Yeah, maybe I should. I don't know that that's yeah. a, such Why a not? great idea. I don't know. But I I honestly haven't talked to him in 6 7 years, maybe 8 years. Really? Yeah, long time. We haven't talked to each other in a long time. So you left so. and then that's like basically the last time you saw Schwab. Mr. Randy Torres. Now, what were we about to jump into just then? Hmm. <laughs> Come on back next week and find out, y'all. Please believe we are only getting started. Now, to the riddle I mentioned earlier. Here you go. I just got back from California. My voice is shredded, as I'm sure you can tell. While I was out there, I did three songs for three bands. In three days. Any ideas? (laughs) I've already said too much. Nothing to see here. Moving on. Hey, if you enjoyed this week's show, please 
don't you stop by the Patreon link on the show page and toss a couple bucks in the digital tip jar. Goes a long way. Appreciate that very much, everyone who's supported the show. This week you heard String Quartet Number 2, composed by Arnold Schoenberg. And of course, plenty of Project 86. Stein's theme, still to this day, one of the best opening jams from any one of my friends I've ever seen play live all the time, forever. Also, One-Armed Man from the album Drawing Black Lines. Pipe Dream from their self-titled debut, as well as Teen Black and Last Meal from Truthless Heroes. And yes, that is yours truly, hollering and yelling about something. Also, the usual contributions from my band White Lighter from our self-titled debut on Northern Records. This show is produced by Billy Power of Urban Achiever Studios. Please catch the Urban Achiever podcast on iTunes or at the urbanachievershow.com website. This and all other episodes can be found on iTunes or at I Never Was. And as always, if you'd like to be part of the show, please hit us up on Facebook under the Never Was podcast. Or just shoot me an email at the Twilight Zone at INeverWas.com. That's the Twilight Zone, no Z's, at INeverWas.com. Until next week, where we pick up right where we left off, be good. Rainbow out. Hold on,